This show will pollute listeners' ears with foul language, occasional sexually explicit content, and more irony than is allowed for single episodes. Last several years, distributors of obscenity have expanded into new areas, employing new technologies and reaching new audiences. Neither our constitution, our courts, our people, nor our respect for common decency and human suffering will allow this trafficking in obscene material. Cinema psyops, which exploits women and men alike, to continue sharing filth-laden desires on mic to warp the brains of listeners until they are all demented deviants. federal laws are being violated, and thus I am committed to redoubling the federal effort to ensure that those criminal elements who are trafficking in obscenity are pursued with a vengeance and prosecuted to the hill. The fact that society is becoming much more open now, less repressed, and I think there's less need for... Cinema PsyOps. Without dignity, they shout into the void in a vain attempt to be loved. Living in this culture now where there's just icebergs of filth floating through every house on Wi-Fi, it's inconceivable what it must be like to be a young adolescent now with this kind of access to... Cinema PsyOps. It must be dizzying and exciting, but corrupting in a way that we can't even think about. A pirate ship with a tattered flag, sailing across seas of questionable movies while firing cannons of disdain. Cinema PsyOps. Long may she sail. Hello and welcome to Cinema PsyOps. Late to the studio once again, but this time not because of work, but because he's a lazy piece of shit. It's Matt. I'm sorry, are we doing this? (laughs) Yeah, we're fucking working now. Are we now? Yes, this is what we're doing. This is the actual fucking show. This is the show? Okay, I don't know what (laughs) bit you're trying to do here, so I'm not playing along How's it going, man? Uh, Not bad. You actually did miss the great spider fiasco of September 2018. Yeah, I hear about that. (laughs) Your cat went mental. Like, literally shit nuts. Like, terrifyingly shit nuts after the spider. He fucking chased this thing. It was a it was a pretty big one, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You probably thought, was like, I'm a great no, hunter. Nobody tell my wife I let it live. You let the spider live? Yeah, he fucking trapped it and I helped it get away. Dude! <laughs> Why'd you cock block your cat like that? Uh, spiders are good, man. They eat the other bugs you don't want around the house. That's true. That yeah. is very true. But you did kind of cock block your cat. I don't know if he'll forgive you. Oh, he will. Okay. He, he already forgot about it. If you, if so you, so you, when it reemerges later, from the spot that it went to hide in that yeah. he, he got distracted from, he'll he'll go fucking shit nuts for it again. At, the, at that point, he's probably just thinking to himself, you know, this guy gives me num nums when I want it, and uh, <laughs> and and he'll pet me, so I'll forgive him for now. But I won't forget that fucking spider still mine. <laughs> no, tomorrow thing- morning you're just gonna get up in the morning to go to work, and there's just gonna be six spider legs intricately hung out. <laughs> no, he's the type where he will kill the fucking thing and yeah. drop it on your pillow. <laughs> like here you go, I, I did get, this for you. I get I give you a gift. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of cat that he is. No, so this is basically what happened. Here's a quick rundown, right? Uh-huh. I'm in the kitchen. I'm making my my tea uh, for the week because I've been I switched off of Diet Pop. I'm 
on tea now. I've been drinking a lot of black tea, just straight up brewing uh-huh. my own crazy black tea. And I, yeah. been, I do like two gallons at a time. That's how much I brew of tea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, I'm working on that. And all of a sudden, I just hear Mac, my cat, going fucking shit nuts in the back of the house. Like, and he's like running all over the place, you know? I guess he's tracking this thing across the ceiling. And you're like, did he get in my meth? <laughs> Again? <laughs> Guy's got to lose weight somehow. But anyway. <laughs> but anyway, so he's going like crazy. And I hear him like he's practically like trying to jump up the wall. Like he's trying to climb the wall to get at something. And then I just come back and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And I see this big ass spider that's on the wall. And he's just tracking it all across the wall. Yeah. The fucking stupid thing. I don't know what happened, if he distracted it or what ended up happening. But it jumps off the wall and hits the floor. It comes barreling at me, and I'm just standing there going, all right, you try to climb up my leg, I'm stomping you, dude. You're done. <laughs> I'll let the cat have you. <laughs> right, right. You know, you don't want to come near me because if I if I think you're going to attack me, you're done, spider. And it goes running down the hallway. It goes kind of off to the one side, and it goes by the couch that, you know, continues the hallway there. That area, the spider starts going up the side of the couch, and Mac, my cat, comes running down the hallway, Matrix, claw style, up the side of the fucking Jesus. couch to try and get it this like just making noises like crazy goes up across the top of the couch the spider goes in behind the cushions you know how the cushions kind of are removable for that couch upstairs uh-huh. where you know you just fluff yeah. them up or whatever the spider goes down behind that he goes diving through that underneath it chases the spider out from underneath it the pillow goes flip. a great hunter never gives up Court. yeah the, the cushion goes flying and flipping over it's a tv tray the TV tray falls over. Jesus. <laughs> that had my food on it. Oh, God. <laughs> Max still like, <laughs> none of this phases him. He chases the of damn course sp- not. He chases the damn spider underneath the TV stand, and he's crawling underneath it like military style to get to it. It makes it up underneath the couch, and he's just sitting there meowing and freaking out about the couch. And then I just distracted him by throwing a paper ball. Oh, my God. <laughs> but he's, he's like, oh, hey, wait. Yeah. <laughs> but he still, he came back, and he was like, oh. Bundling up over the couch, like waiting to try. He's and see still if trying to it. sniff around it. Yeah. yeah, and so now he's just kind of like every now and then he paces across the couch. He'll listen and he'll come back, and he just settled down and just decided to lay down right before you got here. Your cat and that uh, spider have a real Tom and Jerry thing going. Yeah, <laughs> only it's Tom and Boris the spider, yeah. or Mac and Boris the spider. Yeah, Mac and Boris the spider. Yeah, but I distracted Mac just long enough that hopefully the spider will get a reprieve and he can eat some of the other bugs that are around the house that I don't want. There you go. This house was built in 1950. I don't in any way, shape, or form yeah. assume that it's bug tight. And I used to spray the house like all the time, you know, around this time of year to keep the bugs from coming in. Yeah. Because the wife is terrified of spiders. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, if yeah. Bev would have seen that, she probably would have stomped the spider or ran screaming when it came running uh-huh. near her. <laughs> I would I would expect that if Bev was here and I walked in, half your house would have been destroyed because she would have ran away and just would have toppled <laughs> things over. That's possible. You know, or she would have just hopped up on the couch and screamed and been like, it's a spider, kill it, kill it. I would have walked in going, yeah, you know what, guys? It's too early for this shit. All right. <laughs> she's gotten better, though. She's actually gotten to the point now where if she really wants one dead, she'll go after it herself. But she encourages it. She actually tries to train the cats to go after spiders and other creepy crawlies that go around the house. Yeah. That's her thing. Yeah. Me, I'm just like, the fucking thing alone. It's not doing anything to you. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> It's like, leave that poor spider alone. Yeah, I've, I've, I've come to admire more spiders, seeing how they help keep the other riffraff away. Well, you, you've you seen should, uh, my just, front porch is covered yeah. in cobwebs because I like that one spider that's out there. He's taking care of all the moths that come near the freaking house light. I just look at spiders like this. They're just bouncers to your home. 
<laughs> Excuse me, you can't get in unless you're on the list. You're on the list? Uh, well, I'm a moth. Well, then you're not on the list. Well, actually, we got this VIP lounge for you right over here on yeah. the web. <laughs> you do a little fist bump to the spider every morning when you're leaving. He's like, hey, man, it was a good night last night. <laughs> Notice you killed a bunch of them. Good work there. Yeah, no problem. Oh, I'm so full. Spiders being bouncers to my house. That's pretty interesting. There you go. Instead of Charlotte's Web, it's like Boris's bouncer service. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, Boris's rave house. <laughs> I'm just making reference to that Who song that I love, the yeah. Boris the Spider. I've played that a couple of times on the show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You did at least watch the movie this week, right? Yes, of course I watched the movie this okay. week. Symptoms, right? You watched the correct movie this week. Yes. Because <laughs> I feel like I'm having symptoms of panic. <laughs> okay. Actually, I'm just kidding. I totally watched it. Girl with Crazy Eyes? Yeah, I saw it. That doesn't narrow it down for a lot of the things oh. that we watch. Well, trust me, I watch Symptoms. <laughs> Way to comment on a lady's features. <laughs> she has crazy eyes. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Again, still doesn't narrow it yeah. down for this film. She's got nutty eyes and she's British. <laughs> Again, doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> what the hell's coming up next? I don't know. How many okay. fucking British movies with crazy eyed girls do we have? We have this movie, Symptoms, that has two different girls with crazy eyes That's that are true. British. Yeah, I'm just Maybe saying. Maybe a third if you count like one of the other ones that show up, but we won't, uh, we won't dig into it too much Everyone's there. got crazy eyes and everyone's British. So this is kind of a co-production with a director named Jose Ramon Larraz. He's done quite a few films, some of them a lot more famous than Symptoms. Yeah. This is not his first film, but what this is is actually a lost film that's just been recently found. Ah. That's the most that I know of it, that the BFI had had this labeled as like the most sought after thing that had been lost to history or something like that. Really? Yeah, and the print they found looks amazing. Yeah, and not the, bad. The Mondo Macabre restoration or transfer of or whatever they did for the scan or whatever it looks terrific too. I'm really happy I got this Blu-ray for that reason. Yeah. It's a very beautiful film. Oh, yeah. I got really not much else to talk about, man. Yeah, not much is going on. I got a bachelor pad at this week. It's just yeah. me. Bev went home to visit family again. You're masturbating like every other minute, aren't you? I'm currently doing it right now. I knew it. With both hands on top of the table. That is impressive. I've been alone so long, I've <laughs> actually mastered the art of tantric solo sex. That's... That's a clip, is what yeah, that is. This is a clip. That's, <laughs> yes, that is definitely a clip. You talking about your tantric solo sex. Yeah. <laughs> pretty sure they don't want to be associated with that. Well, who doesn't want to be associated with tantric solo sex? Well, I think most everyone doesn't want to be around for that. Okay, if you could get off just by pure thought alone, you wouldn't want to be able to do that. Well, not alone. I'd rather have it be with somebody else. <laughs> I mean, Literally anybody else. <laughs> I mean, dude. <laughs> You're so antisocial. <laughs> I would say fuck everyone else, but in this case, I you're don't not, want to. Not doing it. Now we will play a promo for a podcast that really wishes it wasn't associated with that in any way, shape, or form. We'll have a little bit of music befitting of symptoms, and when we come back, we will have the trailer. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try? They must be destroyed on sight! The new podcast cure-all, sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, cure what ails you. Warning, may cause atrophy. African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, 
dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult physician before listening. to know the plot line to get what I'm getting now with yes. this one. Yeah. 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 That works on a couple of look, different look, levels. Look at you. Yeah. You're not just hammering it over their heads. <laughs> well, no, not since I've learned how to do the tantric stuff. Oh, I'm Jesus. not hammering over anybody's head anymore. No. Weird segue into that sexual innuendo that's yeah. no longer in anyone else's endo. Yeah. Trailer. Last night, I dreamt that they had returned. They were here again, just like in other dreams. This time, it's all confused. I have a feeling that something is about to happen. Something final. Help me. Help me. Brady. This has got something to do with Brady, hasn't it? Brady. He knows the secret of the lake, but the real secret stays locked. Could there be anyone apart from us living in the house? Who's this? You're very beautiful. Much more so than the last one. Last one? Symptoms of fear. The deceptive beauty of the lake. A secluded house in the autumn woods. Here a girl shut herself off from the realities of the world and started to live her private nightmare. Are you suggesting that I murdered Cora by pushing her into the lake? That's absurd. You must be mad. The mystery of the lake. The secret of the house. Symptoms of murder madness okay so before we get started we talked about this last week during your review for human tornado right uh-huh. and i said wow four clips in the first 20 minutes of the film what have you done that's ballsy yeah 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 i have five clips in the first 19 <laughs> oh challenge accepted <laughs> I did four and 25 and 19. Look for six and 15, motherfucker. <laughs> we're going to get down to where we're clipping individual words. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he says awesome in our next clip. Awesome. awesome. Anyway. <laughs> I'm not doing that, by the way. No, you, I would. You start would, doing shit like that. I wouldn't do that either. No. This actually had some bearing on the story that it fits this way. Yeah. And plus the way that the dialogue was going, I didn't want to step over that with my ham-fisted way of writing it down and then trying to convey it later. Oh, that's true. Which is exactly why there's six and <laughs> five clips six, in the first 19 five minutes. Five clips in the first I 19 minutes. I think I hit six by 20. Nice. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. Somebody will have to figure it out what they have to if they watch the movie and then go back through our review. So well, let's get started on All it. All right. All right. So the film opens on an idyllic pastoral locale. There's a little bit of a lake there where an old dude gets pretty pervy on a young woman who seems pretty much okay with it. But Jesus, has she got some grandpa issues or something? Uh, I guess. Man. She's really going to prove something to her great grandfather <laughs> by it's tapping this dude. That's like daddy issues to like the third generation before her dad. <laughs> 
It's like hand-me-down daddy issues. I know different people are attracted to different things, but Jesus Christ, he's got old, gross, sweaty, like no wrinkly one's, balls. No, one, no one's actually attracted to that. She has mental problems, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, so if you're into uh, older people, like if you're you into- Just hit me your hate mail. Yeah, if you're into gilfs, old people, and you like to fuck them, I guess, <laughs> complain to Matt about that. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they want to complain about it or complain about what I said. <laughs> if they like it, why would they complain about it? I don't know. <laughs> We're just digging a deeper and deeper yeah. hole, which coincidentally- is where you, you look, find those gilfs. Yeah, that's where you're going to end up finding those old people. That's where they end up going after- Florida. <laughs> All right, so we see a female corpse somehow intertwined with this making out, symbolizing that I guess that he's stealing her youth. I'm not sure yet. We're trying to figure it out. I know, right? That's what you get for kissing old people. You drown face first in a lake. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. Hell, man. It's not me. It's what the movie's telling me. No, it's not. <laughs> Maybe I dislike the elderly? You might. I don't know. Well, so do I. <laughs> All right, so there's a corpse floating by the water in basically the same locale it's almost like they did something and now they're making out to celebrate that they did it you can't really tell just by the way that this is happening yeah they continue to get after it while we're seeing this person floating down dead in the lake like that hey well some people just gotta get them down you know they dissolve from this to a photo of a young woman who looks an awful lot like the lady who likes to make out with the old dude yes only really creepy photo i mean that's the worst photo i've ever seen anybody take and and then actually allow it to be framed and put in their home if you stare long enough at that photo it will take your soul i think so (laughs) another lady is looking at it longingly just like we said (laughs) and that actually leads to our first of five clips last night i dreamt that they had returned they were here again just like in other dreams but this time i was all confused i have a feeling that something is about to happen something final in which I will be involved. Okay, so after that, we then see the credits show more of that beautiful, stately countryside that we're seeing back and forth, and you quickly realize that the home that that lady was writing in her journal while she's talking about these dreams is on this beautiful, stately manor, and it is very clear that somebody got some money. Yeah, I mean, you got a little bit of the, the, those greenbacks. That cashish. Or whatever they call it over there. <laughs> Poundage? Poundage. I don't I have no fucking clue. I'm not cultured (laughs) enough. I I don't mean either. These are all shown in still shots of this beautiful setting while the credits are rolling, and it focuses very heavily on that body of water. Now, they refer to it as a lake, so I'm going to take it that it's a lake, although it looks like a glorified pond. I was starting to, I thought way more pond, too. I was like, that's a pond, you sons of bitches. But it could be a lake in that, like, how the Ozarks Lake has all those different fingers and that weird, like, windy serpentine thing with all those other fingers to it too. I mean, that's still technically a lake, but that don't look like a lake to me. You know, you might have described some people's sex toys by saying that too. <laughs> I just want to say that. <laughs> I don't care what other people are doing as long as they let me be solo when I want to be. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> just let everyone do what they want. <laughs> I like how me being solo with a wife out of town is somehow a bad thing. Uh, no, it's not. You're fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> Who says self-love isn't real love? You know, besides Republicans. <laughs> the way that I love, it's more like self-abuse. Yeah. <laughs> Treat your body like a temple. Mine's, mine's a more crack like, house. I was going to say mine's more of an amusement park these yeah. days. <laughs> mine's, a, mine's a whorehouse. All right, so they cut away from these still shots once the credits are done. We see a car drive up on what I have in my notes as a glorified hiking trail of a driveway. Yeah. Either the person driving that car has no fucking clue how to drive on a country roadside like Bing. that, or the trees are overgrown and that, it's been abandoned for a really long time. Also, that car has no business being out that far <laughs> at all. Yeah, it was like... That's not a country car. <laughs> that is a city car. That was an overgrown, freaking glorified hiking trail of yeah. a driveway. Yeah. And they were. it looked like they were swerving to hit every branch for fun. It really was. Like, <laughs> fuck you, nature. <laughs> what have you ever done for me besides supply oxygen stupid tree yeah dummy or knows i don't want to go to fucking the home of arbor day well they make it through this glorified hiking trail into an actual driveway that looks like it has at least some shale laid down to prove that it's a driveway they pull up to the mansion that we kind of saw in some of the shots earlier and onto that driveway the two ladies exit the car together and that is our second of five clips in 19 minutes i hardly ever come to this place nowadays I warn you, it isn't exactly comfortable. Oh, that doesn't bother me. You wait till you see inside. You might change your opinion. Don't think anything's been changed for years. Most of the other rooms are closed now. I just use the kitchen and a couple of the bedrooms. And this room, of course, which is quite enough for me. Life again. Peace and quiet at last. You'll find plenty of that here. Just look at those clouds. Do storms frighten you? No. I remember once, in Switzerland, there was a storm in the mountains. The sky went so black, I thought the world was coming to an end. How was Switzerland? I was lonely and homesick. I was working most of the time. Technical translations are such a bore. I had to come home. Did you get my letter? No. Oh, I sent it to Geneva. No, I didn't get it. Oh. Anyway, it doesn't matter now. It was a bad time for me when I broke up with John. I needed to talk to someone. Are you all right? Sudden changes in the weather always upset me. I don't know why. Have you got a headache? No, it's all right. I'll get something from the chemist tomorrow. I'll go for you now, if you like. No, don't leave me alone. I'll be all right in a minute. God, they are so very British. Yeah, it's, that's like uber British. They are excessively polite to each other yeah. about everything. I know. I, I was like, wait, when are they going to start fighting? If this is the American version of the film, it'd be like, did you remember the fucking beer? <laughs> Yeah, something like that. You didn't bring the old style, you stupid bitch. All right, you know who Donald Pleasance is, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's his uh, that's uh, daughter, right? Yeah. yeah. Did, did you recognize which one was his daughter? Uh, yeah, the uh, the short-haired one. Nope. No, no, the the long-haired one. Yeah, that's done. Yeah, I'm sorry. So which I one? Them. So so which one was the one that you were so uh, wantonly describing as creepy, creepy eyed? Yeah, creepy. That's the that's that's her. That makes sense. Yeah, she's the daughter of uh, Doctor Loomis. Yes. I shot him six times. <laughs> and also, I a, shot him in the heart. And also a Bond villain. He, you expect he, me to talk? No, Mr. Bond. I expect you to die. Well, you just blow that up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Whatever. It was uh, him. I'm not a fan of Bond movies, man. Yeah. I'm really not. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of, uh, fan of them either. I mean, like, I like some of them, but, like, I just, I don't, I don't get the love, you know? Some people love super spy movies, man. Some people love a guy who has more social diseases than a hobo on 42nd Street in 1982. Listen, if Q can make a watch that's like a supercomputer, I'm pretty sure he has the cure to herps, okay? <laughs> but we don't get to share it because we're not MI17. That, that's right. 
<laughs> That's how leveled he goes <laughs> in Her Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, whatever. Fuck it. After this, we see the car back against the garage door as the main character who we don't know her name yet, but it is Helen we see later on, a.k.a. Donald Pleasant's daughter. She's backing that up. It looks like they're old stables that they may have converted into a garage or whatever, or maybe they're just stables, but she backs the car up and then she walks over and sees a bundle of dead flowers just kind of hanging in a doorknob there yeah. by the stable. She looks at them plucks them out, inspects them a little bit, and then drops them. Well, that's rude. Someone put them there for a reason. Yeah, but she she looks like she's got some serious disdain for them being there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. When you know everything that you know by the end of the film... Just, you, why? Yeah. If you I'm go back saying. and watch it again... Just you, saying right now, it's yeah. kind of rude. You don't know what's happening, so yeah. now you just think she's a very rude person. This film is definitely set up for a really interesting second watch. Yeah. I, I know that from personal experience because I did actually watch it again oh, okay. after I did the notes yeah just because i i was like wait a minute hang wait, on here wait a tick huddle up in the middle here movie <laughs> i said that a couple of times while i was doing the notes because i did the notes with only watching it once and now i'm going back over it so there's a couple of questions that i'm just going to admit and just state and then we'll discuss it later yeah all right so they cut away from that weird motion of just dropping flowers for no reason other than the fact that they're dead and it's artsy but kind of disdainful while yeah. she's doing that too but it's also artsy they cut from that to the ladies unpacking and a bath is prepared for the shorter-haired girl mm. who we later know is named Anne, but we don't know that just yet because they haven't fucking said each other's names yet. No, and it's kind of annoying the piss out of me, too. <laughs> Acknowledge each other, please. Don't you know people are watching you right now? Find a way to excuse each other or say each other's names or introduce them to somebody. Alright, so the ladies are unpacking and a bath is prepared. You actually can hear it running in the background as they're chatting it up about uh, hangers or whatever weird thing. Just normal day-to-day, -day, like, getting unpacked and getting yeah. ready for your little, like, vacation trip thing. Yeah. The short-haired girl disrobes once the bath is full, showing us her assets. Yeah, we see some of that booty. So some of that booty cheeks. Thank you, movie, for that. Yeah. Our own pervert stares at this are matched only by the owner, who we later learn has named Helen, as she is lustfully looking at those cheeks. She, um, she wants to eat herself some booty cheeks. Yeah. It looked to me like she was really into wanting to put some mouth into that ass. It was like, the way she looked at it, I just thought I thought the song would play Hungry Eyes. <laughs> that's where you went? Yeah, that's where I went. Actually watching it, that was, that was the first thing I there's thought like to myself. I've never heard it, but there's like the entirety of Nicki Minaj's whole like ass-eating uh, craziness. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. But I went <laughs> old school. <laughs> she looked like she wanted to lick her back, her, her, her pussy, and her, and her crack. Yeah, her back, her neck, her pussy, and her crack. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, yeah. that's the look she was giving. Yeah, yes. it was, yes. That's the most I know of that song and only from somebody else doing it on a subway playing nice. it in an acoustic guitar to make people uncomfortable oh that's nice <laughs> she looked like she wanted to motorboat some ass cheeks yeah right I mean she yeah. was like all up in that with her well, eyes yeah I mean like yeah. I know because that's kind of how I was looking too <laughs> <laughs> I'm lonely Matt yeah I know <laughs> it's only been one night <laughs> it's, you're gonna be okay <sighs> will you stop masturbating already and get I to the notes? can't <laughs> they cut away from this to a fire burning very brightly in the hearth much like the passion in her heart for those booty cheeks burns. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think that was symbolic. Oh, yeah. Because it was a smoldering, smoldering was... bright fire. Heat. There weren't a lot of logs there either. Uh, it was just yeah, this whole yeah, yeah. passionate just... <laughs> flame. No logs needed. <laughs> <laughs> 
what a bunch of fuckheads. <laughs> we are the worst people. We, we probably are. <laughs> we just want you to know that, uh, ladies of symptoms, we're not judging you for what you're doing here. Your no. passions are fine. Yeah, we're not judging your passions. We're, we're just, just saying how obvious they are. <laughs> At least for one of them, anyway. Yes, so for far. one of them. Yeah. And I'm not even blaming her for that. Those are some mighty fine booty cheeks. <laughs> you can have a smoldering fire for them cheeks. Now you're just making me feel creepy. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> no, no, that's my safe word. <laughs> Followed up by, no, no, that's my safe word. <laughs> so it's keep going. No, no, that's my safe word. No, that was my safe word. <laughs> no, no, that was my safe word. No, 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 no that no. was my safe word. <laughs> this is a who's on first situation. We got to stop this shit. We can go all show with this. Can we go home? So the ladies are having a very nice dinner in this sort of like living room, dining room combination area. And they're discussing the various cuisine being prepared and they even mentioned some type of an unknown herb that is just found growing on the property of this particular mansion and the vast estate that it rests upon i thought that it was very riveting that they had this conversation and also i'm padding out my clips in our third clip in 19 <laughs> minutes more wine mm. yes please very good thanks you enjoying it it's delicious very strange flavor that's why i like it what is it? Some sort of herb? Yes, I found it in the woods nearby. I don't know the name, I just use the leaves. Here. Wow. Oh. Mm, I recognize this. This smell is all over the house. I burn it for incense. It's very sharp. Shh, do you hear that? What? There it is again. The owl. I can't hear anything. Your ears are still full of soap. <laughs> <laughs> they are not. I can hear things nobody else can. Coffee? Yes, lovely. Who's this? What? Oh, Cora. Is she a relation? No, just a friend. She looks interesting. Yes, she is. Aren't you having any? No, it keeps me awake as it is. It's funny, I don't remember you mentioning Cora. I haven't seen her lately. The storm's getting closer. Why should we worry? Got a roof over our head. Nice warm fire. And? What do you think happens after death? Wow, that's a bit odd for a dinner conversation about some unknown herb. I know. Well, real, real, real quick, she was in love with that herb. She burns it as incense, fucking uses it on food. Uh-huh. I mean, Jesus, man, she was involved with that herb. And she doesn't really even know what it is. It's just this unknown herb. It's herb. We're not going to say herb. We say herb because we're fucking Americans. It's an unknown herb. God damn it. Why'd you ruin it? <laughs> anyway, and how fucking rude is it to say she looks interesting? I mean, that's kind of fucked up, man. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of alarm bells that should be going off in this conversation. Like, if you don't know what this herb is, how long have you been consuming it? Do you have any idea what it does to you? Yeah. Has anyone else told you it's okay to eat? I know, right? Let uh, alone burn his incense about the house. I I'm telling you, this might not be good for you. Do we even know it's an herb? I mean, what if it's fucking poison ivy you're enjoying? Well, I'm pretty sure they'd all be, like, sicker by now. Right. Fair yeah. enough. I'm just saying, like, yeah. just because you found it in the woods about your property doesn't mean it's okay to eat. And it, was, and it has a sharp smell to it. It's like, you know, it. you know what I think it is? What? I think the groundskeeper that we kind of seen in the film, uh -huh. but we don't know that's who it is yet. Yeah. I think he's kind of got his own stash growing that she found. Uh... And I think she's either been on the wacky tobacco. Yeah. Or she's been burning some unknown opiates of some sort. Yes. <laughs> now we're talking my kind of business. Because if you look at it that way, that it's some kind of unknown herb, that it might be some type of substance that could 
cause some weird trance-like states or some other various uh, visual hallucinations or auditory hallucinations. Uh How long has she been subjecting herself to this? And is this what drives what happens later on in the film? Yeah. That's what I was kind of wondering watching it the second time. Mm -hmm. Because just watching it now, I'm like, well, that's stupid. You don't even know what the herb is. Why the fuck are you eating it and burning incense? And now I'm like, well, well, the longer haired one seems to know what it is. She says she doesn't know what it is. Uh, Wait, didn't the short haired one say like she's seen this before or something like that? It's familiar, but she doesn't know what from. Fuck, man. People just eat anything and not even care. They're so fucking polite, they refuse to not eat this fucking herb. Here, uh, there might be some broken glass in this. Oh, okay, I'll just hopefully pick around it. Well, that's terribly dreadful that you would grind up broken glass and put it in my food. I would ask you not to serve that to me and force me to... Well, well I, I would that hate to be rude. That sounds a little rude. That I, sounds a little rude. I would hate to be rude to, to refuse such fine cuisine laced with ground up what glass. These, what are these, English or Canadians? I mean, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, column A, column B. Yeah. All right, so later that night, it is still raining, which it seems like... Like it never stops raining. Oh, yeah, it is England, so that makes sense. Yeah, right? it will never stop raining. Yeah. <laughs> it rains all the time. It's probably raining right now. It's the Seattle of planet Earth. <laughs> no, Seattle is the England <laughs> of America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the host continues to write in her diary, as we've seen her do earlier, which is Helen, by the way, if you're trying to keep track by names, even though the movie still hasn't given that to us. Yeah, thanks, movie. And she is brooding over that photo like a motherfucker. Now, this is the the notes the first time I watched it and I made that statement that she's brooding a lot. Like It's like the second or third time that she's brooded. Yeah, man. I mean, Batman looks at her and says, can you settle it down on the brooding? All right, it's getting a little crazy. Listen, brooding is my thing. I need you to tone it down. (laughs) I mean, I dress up like a bat. I fly over rooftops in a car and I don't even brood this much. I stand up buildings at night and stare at a distance waiting for a spotlight to come on. And even I think you're ridiculous right now. The highlight of my evening is laying roses on my parents' grave. (laughs) I do it every night. And the murder scene. I don't even fucking brood this much. All right, so she stops the brooding for just a moment to get up, and it looks like she's going to go darting off to her friend's room, and my hopes immediately rise along with other parts of me. Uh, She's going to go get herself some of that booty cheeks. Only for my hopes to be dashed as she turns around and goes to look out the window instead. Goodbye. Bye-bye, hopes. She lays down to be frightened by the various sounds of haunting whispers and noises like you would hear in just about every other haunted house film that's come after this. Yeah, she hearing them voices. Some of them before. Yeah, and they're kind of mixed. And if you really pay attention, they do kind of say stuff that has to do with the storyline. Yeah. If you're really paying attention. You're really listening. It's almost like it's her conscience talking to her or some shit. Yeah. And all of this is happening while she continues to stare at that photo. We hear a cackling sound of a laugh and cut to it's Maester Amon, everyone. Yay, Maester Amon's in this film. A very young looking Maester Amon. I don't know who this is. Do you watch Game of Thrones? I don't. Have you ever seen Game of Thrones? I have. Okay, the knights who take up the black on the wall? Yes. The blind guy who was the physician that healed them, the super, super old guy that kind of ended up in charge for a little while? Uh Uh-huh. That's this guy who plays Brady. Same actor. So everyone who is at home, Brady is now Maester Amon. 
Amon, or just the Maester. I refer to him as both. So, Matt, pay attention. Okay. Brady, Maester Amon, a.k.a. Maester. Gotcha. All right. They cut away from this to Helen at the Chemist, and we're almost there. This is our fourth clip in 19 minutes. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. It's a pleasure to see you again, Miss Ramsey. Unfortunately, I can't get down as much as I'd like to. Ah, Nick, still working hard, are you? That'll be 30 pence, please. Thank you. And how's Miss Cora? She's fine. Do give her my kind regards. Charming young lady. She with you this time? Um, no, she couldn't come. Well, must be a bit lonely in that big house, all on your own. Yes. Well, you're certainly looking very much better, if I may say so, Miss Ramsey. It's just these terrible headaches I keep getting. Well, those tablets ought to bring relief. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye, Miss Ramsey. Morning. Good morning. How's it going? Fine. I couldn't find you when I got up this morning, so I wandered around the house and discovered this. It's a perfect setting for getting down to work. So here I am. Yes, I like it too. I got up early, went down to the village. Did you find everything you need in the kitchen? Oh, I only wanted a cup of coffee. By the way, you left the tap in the wash basin running. Me? Well, who else? You should have welcomed me when you went to the village. I'd have liked to have gone with you. I looked in, but you were sleeping so peacefully. I didn't want to disturb you. Did you sleep well? Hmm, like a log. Suppose I must have dreamt it. But I thought I heard someone laughing during the night. Yes, you must have dreamt it. Yes, I suppose so. Well, there we go. Well, then. Everything that you thought was weird that was going on, including the fact that she was leaning over you while you thought you were sleeping but were still somewhat awake and doing weird things to you, it was all a dream. You don't need to worry about any Just of that. Just a dream. Just a dream, you she short-haired little pixie, you. She wasn't breathing hard. She left. She has asthma. She lost her puffer. <laughs> the weird cackling laughter, the voices, the motions, all the strange things that you thought were going on were all just a silly dream because you're in an old creaky house that you are a little scared of. Yes. The pair then go on a pastoral stroll to the lake, and while walking around the lake, they have yet another conversation mm. in our fifth clip in 19 minutes. Unbelievable. It's beautiful here. So peaceful. Come on, Helen. I'm coming. What's the matter? Somebody drowned himself here once. You brood over things too much. It's bad for you. Come on. Helen, look! Come on. Can you manage? Yes. That's right. Now, if you sit there, right, can't you row at all? I never cared to. Just as well I can. What is it? You've gone quite pale. Did you hear that? Just a bird. No, this one was different, very different. I know everything that happens in these woods. Many things happen in these woods. We're going back now. That man, did you see his eyes? Well, I did. He never took them off you. It was if he wanted How to... disgusting. Why? It's a compliment in a way. You're probably his type. The very thought of him makes me sick. I never look, never speak to him. Who is he? Brady, the odd job man. Of course, but then some women find that attractive. He disgusts me. Wow. Damn. <laughs> Maester Amon is making no friends there. He is not. There's one thing I need to point out about Anne. Yeah, yeah. I really, really dig. She calls her friend out and she's like, you brood too much. Yes, she does. <laughs> also, I like Anne. She's a glass half full kind of girl. Like the whole time, hey, you know, some people like that. Or he stared at you because he likes you. You know, you should take it as a compliment. It's like, Jesus, Anne, you're a real silver lining type of girl, aren't you? <laughs> Some creepy old guy who just so happens to turn out to be Maester Amon. He's staring at your friend inappropriately. He's like hate fucking her with his eyes. Yeah. I don't know how else to put it, but that's that's what the look looked yeah, like to me. It was even eye fucking. It's, that's hate eye fucking. 
Yeah. yeah. It's the same kind of longing looks we give to each other across the table. Exactly. That's how we recognize it. Uh-huh. We know what that looks looks we, like. We've perfected that look. <laughs> All right. So during this clip, they actually find a boat that's just kind of ran up on the side of the lake, and they decide to row out across the lake. And in doing Anna's so- like really fucking excited about that fucking boat, too. Well, I mean, she's probably not gotten a chance. She seems like a city girl type to me. Yeah. She's probably done rowboats and things like that, and she's- Probably never gotten the it's chance. A, and that's the worst kind of boat, is a <laughs> rowboat. Fucking give me an engine. What am I, a fucking peasant over here? <laughs> I don't know. If you row, row, row your boat gently down the stream, merrily. Merrily? Merrily. Merrily. Life is but a dream. Okay. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you, okay, number one, I don't uh, think you've ever done anything barely. <laughs> not true. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Anything that wasn't violent to somebody else. Okay, so that does knock a significant <laughs> amount of the things I've done merrily off my list. <laughs> and uh, have sex with your wife. And your mom. <laughs> God, you're not even my mom's type. <laughs> Keep making that joke. Yeah. I'd make mom jokes to you. I've never met the woman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not with the lights on. That's probably a good plan. <laughs> God, I hope neither of our parents oh, ever God, listen to this ever show. Ever stumble upon this. Yeah. Mine know they exist, and I'm like, don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. It's not good for you. If you want to ever speak to your Mine son again. I know I do a show with you, but I don't let them know the name or where to find it. That's probably a wise plan. <laughs> yeah. All right. So while walking back during this, the pair encounter Maester Amon, as we had discussed, and he definitely grosses the living hell out of Helen. She he just- grosses the shit out of me. She's just disgusted by him. They cut from this to Anne smoking and reading a book. Helen spies on Maester Amon the entire time. And while this is happening, the tick of the grandfather clock ends up setting Helen on edge. She looks like it's getting to her. It's causing some kind of weird antagonistic thing where she gets even more edgy every time it's happening. And Mm -hmm. at some point, it looks like it's almost like triggering her for something. Yeah. Like it's really getting quite severe. She's looking like she's starting to lose grip on reality. Yeah, you kind of get that here, or it's almost like whatever she was complaining about when she was at the chemist, that this headache thing or this illness thing that she has, whatever it is. It's starting to win. Yeah. She's succumbing to it and the grandfather clock is not helping. Yes. They cut from this to Helen goes to the garage with an old lamp and finds a bird of some sort. I'm assuming it was a chicken. It was a white bird. It could have been a dove. I don't know. Yeah, something. We've seen this guy, uh, Brady, who I refer to as Maester Amon, actually running around trapping birds somehow never seen that before this where you use actual traps to trap a bird uh i've never i've never seen it but i've heard of it like people will trap shit well it's not improbable to me and i know that it's something that could probably be done i just especially if you get like birds in like an attic or in a store or something you know with sliding glass doors you got to be able to catch them somehow yeah well i'm sure that there's a way to trap the bird where they dive down on it or whatever yeah you know, like whatever food you leave out, yeah. they would dive down on it. But I just had never seen that done before. A little heard box of it. with a stick, some string, you just wait, pull it. <laughs> with some bird seed. Yeah. Yeah. Works every time. Yeah. Gets that fucking Roadrunner just like that. <laughs> Does not get the Roadrunner it ever. Doesn't know. The Roadrunner always escapes. <laughs> Even with an Acme box. That poor coyote. <laughs> All he wants is just to eat one Roadrunner. I mean, just let him have it. He's not even starving. Like, it's not even a meaty bird. He's starving. That Roadrunner is nothing but bones. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, so Helen goes to the garage with an old lamp, finds the chicken hanging upside down with its blood being drained into a bowl. Nothing creepy or offside about that in any way, shape, or form. Not off-putting at all. We're fine. I keep calling it a garage, but it's a converted uh, carriage house. Yeah. Is what it is, which you would have in England, for way sure. To, way to be fancy. Yeah, well, I'm extending my pinky when I talk about it, too. It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she ends up filling up what I'm assuming is fuel into like a, like a, a it's almost like a pitcher, but it, it's like an oil can pitcher your kind of combo thing and i'm assuming that that's fuel for the lamp that she puts in there because i think she's going to put that in the lamp and then she ends up seeing the lady from the photos in the window it's like real quick yeah the lady's there and then she looks up again and yeah, she's and gone she's... just gone all of a sudden for no reason and then she starts to hear voices once again and the movie fades out from this to black and then it fades into the ladies relaxing by the fire while making fold-out paper cuttings of some sort yeah it was almost like i thought it was origami at first but no not- I've known them as called paper chains, but it's a type of paper cutting where you fold a piece of paper a ton of times. And then you cut. And then you it's cut It's kind of like how you design. make snowflakes when you're a kid. <laughs> I heard you just teach them to lean liberal and they become snowflakes uh, that way. <laughs> I, te- I, teach uh, them, I hear you teach them to care about people, then they become snowflakes that way. Yeah. That's what I heard you just say. But anyway, they're making these weird paper cutting fold out things, paper chains, whatever you want to call them, like how kids used to make snowflakes before liberals ruined that for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, damn liberals. <laughs> and that becomes our sixth clip in 20 minutes. Yeah! I like to see them burn. It calms my nerves. Well, you're not going to burn this one, because I'm going to keep it. All right, but in that case, I'm going to do a really complicated one. You're not to look at me while I do it. I did a lot of paper cutting when I was convalescing. It was Cora's idea. She was always full of ideas. You'd never believe some of them. After this, we see Maester Amon coming out of the rain to his, I'm just going to refer to them as quarters because it certainly doesn't look like part of the house and we're not really sure where he is. I thought it was a cabin the first time I watched the film and then we find out later on that he's actually living in the carriage house. Yeah. And he's got a pretty decent sized living area. It's just really like he's roughing it there. Yeah. He looks like, and I when I use he this- He looks like the type of guy who would rough it. Right. And I'm saying like, when I say this, when I use this term, he's a simple man i don't mean simple as in his intelligence yeah. i mean he's simple tastes yeah like he's not he's not extravagant yeah he doesn't look for a whole lot of creature comforts he looks to me like the kind of guy who enjoys roughing it and this is exactly the sort of thing that he likes yeah he's just being in this carriage house right <laughs> he's just enjoying his life yeah he likes killing animals and eating them <laughs> that's like all he wants out of life and occasionally looking after the place and you know thatching a roof or something i don't know maybe cutting some wood <laughs> I bet he chops a bit of wood. Yeah. So he comes out of the rain, he lights up a cigar, tries to dry off a little bit. Helen is obsessed with the blind staircase that is in her room. It leads up to an attic area. There's not really anything there, and it looks like it's sealed off. Yeah. But, I mean, we just see this blind staircase just there in her room, and she keeps staring at it, and we hear the ghostly whispers while she's doing that. They start to kind of converge, and they all seem to be saying something about the attic. I couldn't quite make it out. I tried to listen to it and back it up, but... I I swear, I thought I heard to go in the attic might have been something like that there's each of the little pieces when you hear the voices is trying to tell you something about the story yeah but they're obscuring it purposely so that your brain may register it even though you don't understand it or exactly. you can't comprehend what it is they're still throwing in these little subtle like subliminal messages about what's going on in the movie yeah all right so they dissolve from this to the lake and then cut to our seventh clip in about 25 minutes holy fuck nuts i told you i was gonna out to you yeah hello 
Oh, Anne, it's me, John. John. Oh, John, you promised not to bother me. But, Anne, I've got to talk to you. Anne, are you still there? I can't discuss things now. Anne? Good morning. Morning. Could I borrow your car this morning? Yes, of course. Where are you going? Post office. Oh, if you hang on till I get dressed, I'll take you down there myself. Don't bother. It's only going to take me a minute. Oh, all right. Just a few weeks. Is there anything you want from the village? No, thank you. See you later. Goodbye. Bye. They're just so polite. I can't help it. I want every time these ladies talk to each other, I just I just wish that I could have that discourse with people that I would actually, you know, like someone that much to want to be polite to them all the time. Well, here would be the few things that would need to change. Uh, one, everything about you. And two... <laughs> everything about everyone else. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I guess what I'm trying to say is you would have to be born British and not in America. <laughs> hmm. 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 I think I'll just take my angry East Coast asshole. There you go. Just be me. I think at first I think I saw you doing the math on that. I was trying to calculate it, yeah. but then I didn't carry the one. Yo, see, and that's where you always get caught. You don't carry that one. Now show me, up. show me your work. <laughs> and by my work, you mean my penis? Oh, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, on Mike. Yes, yeah. off Mike. Well, let's get this done, and then we can get it done. Yeah, <laughs> Daddy's been lonely. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you were way too happy to see me when I came over today. I'm getting a little stir crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so once Anne heads into the town, Helen spies on Maester Amon some more for detesting this guy. She's really, like, into him. Like, she follows his every move and is I obsessed. Know, right? And he's, again, trapping more birds, so this must be how this guy eats. I don't think she pays him very well. He must live off of the birds he can poach off the property or something. Maybe even taxidermy. Maybe. something. Well, there is some taxidermy yeah. work there. So it when, looks like he knows what he's doing. go to yeah. his place, you know, so saying. Maybe he does sell some taxidermy on the side. She detachedly grabs clothing and just sort of wanders around her room looking kind of like she's all fucked up. She pulls her shawl off of the mirror as it where it was hanging in her room, revealing the lady in the photograph just standing there in her room with a scare cord popping off at the same time. Hey, get out of there, lady. <laughs> she turns to look into the room even though she saw it in the mirror and finds absolutely nothing oh that's good she left <laughs> they cut from this to Anne in town then they cut to the lake and then they cut to Anne walking up to the lake she's kind of walking around looks like Anne may need a little bit of space from all the clinginess going on with helen well yeah I, you know she's there to she, figure out her own life and the issues she's having with john thinks, part of me thinks Anne uh caught a side swipe of uh helen staring at them booty cheeks a little too long you know what i mean <laughs> and maybe she's having a peaceful walk about the lake to decide whether or not she's really wanting to switch teams. Yeah, right. She's what what's going on is in her head while she's walking around the lake. She's calculating where she may fall on the Kinsey scale. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like she's like do I want to dive for the muff? <laughs> yeah. She's like, hmm, do I want to give into those hungry eyes at all? I mean, she's like, well, I could still kind of play the role of the receiver instead of the giver in all cases. So she could be like, you know, are they maybe they're young enough? They could be in college. You never know what they got going on. You know, everyone is experimenting, <laughs> particularly around this era of the 60s. Right. Yeah. yeah. Drugs and sex. <laughs> and this is before we knew that scissoring wasn't really a thing that worked. Yeah. Scissoring. They probably get a scissor. 
Oh my God, I forgot they're going to scissor. www.scissorenthusiast.com. <laughs> Matt's new website. Oh, I wonder if that's real. You should register that domain. Oh my God. We could drive traffic to it with just this show. Uh, we really could. <laughs> he's actually looking it up. Folks. I'm going to look it up right now. Folks. Right, while he's doing that, I'm getting back to the notes. Yeah, get back to the notes. She walks up to the lake, lighting a cigarette as she does it. They cut from that to Maester Eamon creeping all the while around the lake and smoking he walks up to her and that is our eighth clip in 30 minutes hello well i thought i was i didn't expect to see anyone seen you here before my name's brady i work here don't suppose miss ramsey told you as a matter of fact she did did she know usually she pretends i don't exist nonsense mr brady she's told me all about you she couldn't have done she doesn't know anything about me nobody does no more than i know about her yet nor you for that matter well, I imagine it's impossible to know everything about someone else. You'd be surprised what you can work on if you keep your eyes and your ears open, Miss... Uh, didn't get your name. West Anne Weston. Thanks. A lot to know I'm talking to. You're very beautiful. Much more so than the last one. Last one? Cora. Don't you know her? Oh, yes. I've seen her photograph in the house. Oh, I see. You've never seen her before. No, never. I live in the stables at the back of the house. Yes, I know. If you need me any time, you know then where to find me. Helen, what on earth's the matter? Helen, Helen, why have you been so long? I came as soon as I could. Avoid that man. I don't like being spied on, especially by a friend. I wasn't spying. I was merely trying to protect you, which is different. You must never leave me again. Promise. I shall have to sometime, but I promise I won't leave you while you're like this. Help me. But how can I if you won't tell me anything? I don't know how to. Brady, this has got something to do with Brady, hasn't it? Help me. But how can I if you won't tell me what's wrong? I don't understand myself. I'm ill. Then let's leave here and go back to London. No, that would be worse. It's much better being here alone with you. For how long? I can't stay here forever, you know. It won't be long now. I promise you, everything will be all right very soon. Uh, yeah, anytime someone is in that kind of a state when you get there and says, I promise you, everything will be all right very soon, uh, nothing's ever going to be all right again. You get the fuck out of there, man. That's yeah. like, that's like a rattlesnake beginning to rattle. You just know it's time to go away. She's acting extremely bizarre. Now, I had not seen this film before, and I automatically assumed while I was watching it that something supernatural was going on. Oh, okay. And I was like, what is she prepping her for? Is she buttering her up from keeping her there for some kind of ritualistic sacrifice? What happened to the last girl? Girl, was she also killed in some manner? You mustn't stay away from me that long again. What I mean, like obviously she's sexually obsessed with her, but yeah. what what else what else is going on here? You know, like it's really like that you that scene on the stairs where they're talking, there's a whole lot of tension where you're just like, Anne, go. Anne, just fucking walk. Walk just away. Start walking now. That or make out already, but shit or get off the pot time, folks. <laughs> Scissor or get off the stairs. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Either you get in your car and you head back to London, or you guys start scissoring it's one of the two well at the end of the conversation helen leans over and gives Anne a surprise kiss which is a little bit too long to be just a friendly peck on the mouth between two very close friends mm -hmm. and a little too short to be making a full-on move yeah it was this is dipping toe in the water it was too kind of it was too long for ah uh, you're my friend i love you and then run away uh -huh. and it was too short for we're gonna start scissoring on the stairs <laughs> 
I don't know if it's ever too short for that, but <laughs> no, it, it was, it was a testing in the waters yeah. where it's like you give someone a quick kiss and you try to play it off. Like, Oh, I did. I held that longer than I meant to. But it also seemed manic. Yeah. Yeah. Very like manic. Yeah. In a way. A very upswing. Cause then yeah. she ran from yeah. her. Like a little girl. Like she's yeah. very like an arrested like, development. Like I almost expected to go. <laughs> Something along those lines. That she could runs be a off. clip. I don't know how, but <laughs> she kissed a girl and she liked it. Ah. I hope her maester doesn't mind it. <laughs> All right. So that leaves Anne just kind of sitting there with a shocked expression on her face because she's once again weighing where she may or may not be on that Kinsey scale. As shocked as a British person can be, you know, stiff upper lip, all that. You can't show too much emotion. Helen darts off up the stairs, as we had mentioned. They dissolve from that to nighttime as the ladies sleep and Anne is awoken to the very sexy sounds of moaning that cannot be mistaken for a woman in the throat of passion yeah. and possibly orgasming. Eh, from maybe scissoring. You don't know. You don't know. So you have to go check it out. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be from scissoring. Uh, probably not from scissoring, but you don't know unless you check it out. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take, Cork. <laughs> she gets out of bed because she knows something good's going on from the sound of that, and she's got to find out what, or at least that's the bullshit that we're telling ourselves as we're watching this. All right, but isn't it true, like, if you wake up at night and you hear that like, kind of moaning, that kind of moaning, you get up to investigate don't you because you gotta know you at least want to listen to the door i know right i would just walk in and then look around go this isn't where i parked my car (laughs) that's wrong (laughs) that's not you at all no (laughs) you wander around the outside of where that room is and see if you can look in the window This is what I do, actually, because it's me. I can always write it off as being drunk or high or some shit. So I just walk in the wrong room. Sorry. Close the door. <laughs> just they just they came in to use the bathroom. You piss on the floor and yeah, walk out. Walk out. Ugh, why you, and then look back. Why are you guys having sex in the bathroom? That's so unsanitary. <laughs> While she's out investigating, she follows the noises that continue to get more and more insistent and kind of passionate. And it sounds like we're coming to a possible close. Or climax. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever was going on in whatever room where that noise is coming from with that, that panting and, and chanting. and Someone's and... about to get pregnant. <laughs> Not necessarily. Well, maybe he pulls out. <laughs> Someone is getting off is what's going on here, yeah. and they're almost done. It's not us. No. <laughs> Folks, it's not us. She ends up following those noises down a very dark hallway, which all of a sudden becomes extremely creepy while she's doing that. And I'm done. Not because she's following the sounds of moaning yeah. and following that. That's not the part that's creepy. It's where she's following it, too. It's like, uh, get get out of that dark hallway. Yeah, that dark hallway looks menacing. Yeah. I don't know if I want to see who is having sex down there, because most likely, if it's darn a, a, down a dark, menacing hallway, it's going to be court because <laughs> that's where court gets it down is down dark menacing hallways that and cemeteries yep 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 no i, I know i've seen your instagram <laughs> i'm glad you dig it <laughs> uh, i died a little on the inside from laughing at that she follows the dark hallway and the sounds of moaning to a locked door she pounds on it asking helen to open the door and if she's okay uh yeah Anne, are you yeah. sure you want to make sure she's okay or are you wanting to see what's going on in and, that room and trust me helen's just fine <laughs> helen was doing okay until you bean flicked blocked her yeah right <laughs> And that leads to our ninth clip in 40 minutes. <laughs> Helen, Helen, are you all right? Helen, Helen, open the door. I was beginning to get quite worried. I'm sorry. Do you always lock the door? I sometimes do, without thinking. Oh, see. Night. Good night. 
She got a weird accent right there. Yeah. Well, I, it sounded like um, somebody else living in her head almost. Almost, but it sounds like a. It sounds like me whenever I bite my tongue, and yeah, you gotta talk weird, or else you're gonna hit that hurt tongue. She ruined her stroke, man. She didn't. Uh, she didn't get to finish what she I'm was doing. I'm not saying so. that Helen's in the wrong here. Obviously, Anne is a nosy Betty and needed to stay in her bedroom and let people finish doing things. This was the kind of movie that we wanted it to be, Matt. After Helen answers the door, Anne would go, "Do you need a hand with that?" Yeah. The music would start. Mm -hmm. The girls would adjourn to maybe a firelit room. Maybe they go out to the living room area where they have couches and chairs that they can kind of do various positions on and mm -hmm. move around in front of the fire. And Is there scissoring? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> well, now I'm out. <laughs> www.scissoringenthusiast.com My lesbian porn doesn't have scissoring. Well, then it's not porn at all. Clip? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm thinking. They cut from this to Helen gardening as Anne watches her ignore Maester Amon as he tries to talk to her. She sneaks into Helen's room and snoops around looking at the blind staircase to the attic, which is featured very prominently in the film. They cut from this to the ladies bike riding and swapping smiles and giggles at each other. They look like they're very happy together. They stop to rest, pull over, and sit down. They have a little bit of a chat, and that is our next clip. I never thought I could enjoy such laziness. You look worried. Just thinking. You're not very happy, are you? No, it's not that. I'm just turning a few thoughts over in my mind. Please share them. Could there be anyone apart from us living in the house? Don't be silly. Surely we'd have seen them. Thing is, I have the impression that we're not alone, that there's someone else. Of course not. Now it's you who are imagining things. What's the matter? I don't give a damn if somebody's looking. Oh, it's not that. Now you'd better go and make your apologies. We'll go and get your things and we'll drive back to town. I can't. I can't leave Helen. Why not? Surely she'll understand. Look, John, she's not been well. She needs company. It's just for a few days more. Then I'll be able to explain things to her. Very well. But mind, if you're not back in three or four days, I shall come and fetch you. And this time I won't take no for an answer. Promise? Promise. There you are. I've been looking for you everywhere. Got me quite worried. I can't be that difficult to find. Who is that? Oh, that was John. He just dropped in. We didn't introduce him. Didn't really think you'd want to meet him. Okay, so it is obvious that Helen is extremely jealous of Anne's dude, John, who just yeah. all of a sudden showed up. Uh -huh. Now, if you pay attention, she receives a phone call, and then the following morning or later that same day, within like if it happened that early in that morning when John called or whatever it was, she ends up into the town. So I think she actually went to town to meet John for a little bit. And then when she was walking around the lake later on that day and ran into Maester Amon, yeah. she was weighing her options with John and trying to decide whether or not she wanted to get back with him. And and then maybe she contacted him later on and that's why he just showed up or maybe he's just checking on her. And it seems like her and John are going to get back together. Now, Helen is not well. Yeah. And is concerned for Helen's well-being and has agreed to stay on for a few more days. You heard that in the clip where she just needs a little bit more time to make sure that Helen's going to be okay because she's a good friend. Yeah. She doesn't want to leave Helen hanging high and dry, basically. Mm -hmm. So after this, we see that Helen is quite jealous of Anne's man. Maester Amon is into cleaning his razor in ways that make us all very uncomfortable. Yeah, that was awkward. Anne digs smoking cigarettes quite a bit. Yeah. She also really loves her house coat. Yeah, and uh, and uh, ends down for a good house coat. These ladies look like they're extremely comfortable and quite warm in this pretty obviously drafty estate. Yes, but they look comfortable. <laughs> I wish I could reach that level of coziness. <laughs> 
these two ladies sure seem like they would walk around in snuggies all day if you'd let them. Oh, yeah. The kind that actually zip up. Exactly. Are those still a thing? Uh, That's not a thing. They're uh, not still a thing? No, I'm sure they're a thing. I mean, if you have a TV somewhere. I, it's a thing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, David. Still not a thing. God uh, damn it. All right. I'll take your word for we'll it, Boz. N- we'll never agree. All right. If you still Boz, have a- Boz and Dave are just never going to agree on anything. <laughs> Probably not. Especially on whether or not it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> She's doing all of this smoking and housecoat wearing while exploring the strange noises walking around the house, and it just continues to occur over and over again. Yeah. They cut from this to Maester Amon watching the house. Watching a little too close. Yeah. Helen is changing, and boobies pop up on screen when Helen's body double finally takes off her shirt. That yeah. was that was obviously a body double that shot. Was way obviously a body double shot, yeah. I mean, thank you for putting boobies in the film, but... Thanks, movie. You did didn't have to force an actress who didn't want to get naked to have her character be naked. It doesn't. You never know that though. And it doesn't really do anything for the story. There's no purpose no. for her boobies to be there. Well, that's just because he's watching her. Yeah. Okay. Try to drive home how creepy he is. You would think that that's what they're trying to do, but yeah, I think really they just wanted to show boobies for people like us that needed to see them at this point. Probably that too. But I, I would, I was giving him benefit of the doubt. But thank you, movie, for showing us boobies because you know boobs. Yeah. All right. So Maester preps his traps once again for more birds or whatever varmints he's going to be eating. Helen flicks the bean staring at the attic door. And when I say flick the bean, I mean, it's obvious that all those moans of passionate ecstasy were flying solo. She's got weird porn though. (laughs) It's an attic door. I think the opening that leads to the upper area of the house is symbolic. Yes. And that when she is looking at it and working one out, the porthole to another world. She's throwing a five knuckle shuffle down there. I don't think that she needs all five knuckles. She probably just needs at least two fingertips. You don't know what she's got going on. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I don't know how she's doing it, but yeah. I don't think she actually has to use all five knuckles. Wow. <laughs> but she's shuffling them. <laughs> Yes, the hands are moving to yes. make what's happening happen. I didn't say she was fisting herself, for fuck's sakes. And the very rare lady laying on her stomach to masturbate when, if this were done specifically and solely for the male gaze, that wouldn't be the case. She would be on her back, caressing her breasts, arching yeah. her back, and showing off her body, which, in this case, she's laying on her stomach and thinking about whatever while she's doing it and staring up there. Yeah. Made it feel a lot more realistic. It really did. It <laughs> reminded me that uh, the Black Swan scene It's all- Natalie Portman. Yeah, which I think was engineered to make you feel like you walked in on somebody doing it and they yeah. didn't think you were going to see them. Yeah. And then boom, you Hot. catch them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And no. Yeah. Because it's terribly embarrassing for everyone involved when you just accidentally walk in on someone. That's where you, that's where you get an embarrassment boner. <laughs> that's a new one. That is a new one. <laughs> that's a new type of boner you're getting. <laughs> where you have it instantly and then you feel very sorry for what you just saw. Yeah. yeah. You have it, but you're embarrassed that you have it. <laughs> so Helen is flicking the beans, staring up at the attic door and is summoned by Helen's moans and by summoned I mean she's once into that whatever's going on there because the sounds of pleasure are really getting to her. Yeah, she's turning into a wanton woman. She sneaks down the dark corridor once again to the sounds of those moans of pleasure. She enters Helen's room to find the attic wide open as if the entryway has finally been prepared. No symbolism there at all. Not at all. And she ascends the staircase to snoop about in the dark corridors of that new world that crosses through the gateway. 
She calls out to Helen in the cobweb-encrusted attic. It's dimly lit by like a lantern somewhere in there, but uh, we're not sure what. I'll just say it's not sanitary to uh, masturbate up there. I don't think that's what was going on. I don't think so either. I'm just saying for anybody else wondering, your uh, nasty, gross cobweb attic is not a good place to masturbate. It's no worse than behind the furnace like some of us in this room. Hey, 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 I keep the back furnace really clean. <laughs> so as long as someone goes up there and keeps the attic clean? Yeah, cleanliness, then that's fine. Gotta keep it next to godliness when yeah. you're gonna masturbate there. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, what the fuck ever. <laughs> she wanders over to that lamp that we were talking about that is dimly lighting the attic. The entire time she's walking around the attic, she's using the lamp then to kind of explore and examine more crevices and various things within the attic. And this whole sequence where she's using the lamp and you're following the lamp in the camera uh-huh. and all you can see in the attic is what the lamp is lighting up. Yeah. That shit was fucking creepy. That will get the job done, especially if you're watching that in a dark room. Yeah. The entire time I was watching that, I just kind of sat there and I went, when's it going to happen? It builds suspense. Yeah. The suspense was just so fucking palpable. Yeah. It was unbelievable that how was much suspense. so well shot. Yeah. Super fucking creepy. That entire time, I'm waiting for something to happen. Yeah, you're just expecting it to come soon. A hula hoop comes crashing out of somewhere or some type of a hoop and falls down and startles the living fuck out of her and... So those of us that may have been a little too into that scene. Yeah, right. <laughs> I did jump a little bit, so it worked. Ah, they got you. Yeah. She continues to snoop about like a fucking idiot after that happens, because once you get one scare, that's your freebie. Get the fuck out of there. Yeah, I know. You turn around, you walk out, you go home, you never talk about it again. She ends up finding a suitcase while snooping about with the name, I'm guessing it was Loda or Goda Appleby. I couldn't tell it was either an L or a G, but it yeah, was this is, I O-T-A, and then it's Appleby was A-P-P-L-E-B. So maybe Apple buy. Maybe. But the important thing is, is there wasn't any of the names of the lady that, you know, who was supposed to be missing or anything like that. So we don't even know who that is. It's kind of a thread that never gets pulled. Yeah. She sets down the lamp to dig out the suitcases. She kind of clears them off as the wind blows pages around on the book, scaring the living shit out of us once again. That one I didn't jump on, but man, that was pretty cool. That's on number two. You really need to leave. (laughs) Yeah. Someone sneaks up and shuts off the lamp by reaching out in an all black dress once again creeping the living fuck out of all of us this was the last fucking time you knew for sure she should have been out of that attic exactly yes this terrifies Anne. she finally gets the hint that she needs to get the fuck out of this creepy ass fucking attic she runs off and tries to find both the way out and a place to hide from the person that just shut off the lamp but she's panicking and in a state of fear that is justifiable considering the dire consequences she finds herself in yeah this is all done really well the tensions and frights all of this is really cool this is probably the showcase sequence of the film for me I would think so. As far as suspense, uh, a couple good jump scares, uh, the, the the way it's shot, you know, the the cinematography of it. Yeah, this is definitely going to be your pinnacle of creepiness for the movie. And the sequence builds tension and fright all the way up to when we get the final release of the psycho-style stabbing of Anne, where she gets stabbed once as shocked, and then it continues to happen with the same knife we had actually seen Helen handling earlier whenever Anne went out in the town 
town to like slice the bread. Yes. It's that exact same knife. They were focusing on it before and we see it here now mm-hmm. in the attic, stabbing the ever loving shit out of poor Anne. It uh, continues for a while. It gets a little brutal and I was yeah. pretty surprised. Yeah, it was a brutal death. And then they cut from that to Helen drinking water straight from the tap and staring out the window into wherever out in her little like, courtyard area of her estate. She has the bloody knife and looks surprised by it but then washes it off. So she like grabs some butter. I think she was going to make some toast with that knife. Yeah. And then she goes to grab some butter off of there and then I the blood smears. I think going to be buttered bread. Yeah she, yeah. she notices the blood in the butter and then kind of freaks out and then just goes and just washes off the knife like it's nothing. It's almost like whatever's going on with Helen she didn't even realize or that knife got put back or whatever it's it is. It's almost like someone got strawberry jam on this knife. Great. Yeah because it didn't really look like I, blood. So. I hate strawberry jam. <laughs> yeah and I like how she washes it off no big deal even though it pretty much looks like blood and if I found a knife like that I would first wipe my fingerprints off of it <laughs> for anything else. They cut from that to Helen doing more paper cutting chains as noises attract her attention and we hear footsteps and various other things. They cut away from that to Helen locks herself in her bedroom and goes up to look in the attic. She finds Anne dead in a lounge chair. She seems like she's in childlike wonderment and completely unfazed by this. She even kind of like lays her head down and it looks like for a time being there she was going to kiss her. Yeah. Like it looks like she was really kind of debating whether or not she should do it. Like she's longingly staring at her and I'm like, go ahead. Do it. Go ahead. Just be calm. It's okay to be scared. <laughs> You're making out with a corpse for the first time. You, you you need to be a little frightened and excited. Yeah, it's going to be fine. It's new things. Everyone tries new things in college. You're going to be fine. <laughs> but it was creepy the way she was still longingly looking yeah. at her and caressing her face and like Anne Well, is, now Anne can never leave her. Anne is so fucking dead. Yes. She's like a shade of gray that even I don't find attractive. That's a lie. But Anne is very <laughs> fucking dead. I was, I was you, trying to use hyperbole why to do you, why do you, bring people into the story. Why do you lie to our audience? They know you better than that. <laughs> That's like saying, oh, I saw that drunk in the movie. He was so drunk, even I don't want to be that drunk. They know that's a lie. <laughs> Everything is a lie. Lies. Time passes with Anne just kind of chilling there, dead, and Helen in bed, moving around and occasionally looking up at Anne. Yeah. The attic opens up on its own for some reason, and a woman in black wanders down the stairs and over to the bed to get in with Anne, and they start kissing. And if you pay close attention, I do believe that was the lady in the photo. That is definitely the lady in the photo. Who has been missing since the very beginning of this movie, or at least hasn't shown up in a while, and has been alluded to, to being somehow drummed out of. Helen's life. So Helen is living a very rich sort of fantasy world life that we're seeing here. Either that or this lady who is missing has been living in the attic and there's some kind of weird, shitty, supernatural thing going on. Yeah. We can't really tell which. It's just fucking weird. Yeah, it's all weird. And before you get time to ponder all of this, the movie fades to black. Then they fade into our next clip. Helen, whatever happened? Surely you never slept here all night? I don't know. Oh, come now. Well, that's nonsense. You must know whether you slept here or in your bed. I can't remember. Well, I don't know. I'm sure. I mean, you never even let me know you was coming. I'd have had things all nice and ready for you. 
It's all right. There's no need to worry. Oh, yes, there is. You don't look well. And Mr. Burke told me you were quite alone. Now, where's Miss Cora? Why didn't she come down with you? She couldn't come. Oh. Well, I'd better get on with my housework. Hannah, I want to ask you a favor. Yes? It's only for a few days. It's just that I, I must have complete solitude. Why, Miss Helen? I must be left absolutely alone. There's something wrong, isn't there? No. No, nothing at all. Well, what about the housework? It's all right. That can wait. I'll let you know. Very well, Miss Helen. If you say so. I don't really understand. And I don't like leaving you a bit. I said, I don't like the look of things. She was kind of drugged, Mr. Burke. She looks far worse now than she did when she was ill. I asked her how Miss Cora was, and all she did was shrug. Mm. Sounds to me as if they'd had a quarrel. Yes, it does. And I think I know the reason, too. Uh-huh. Brady, that nasty creature. I caught him once in the stables with Miss Cora. Miss Cora? With a man like Brady? Saw him with my own eyes. I told Miss Helen that she ought to get rid of him, but she didn't. Oh, perhaps she fancies him herself. No accounting for some taste. Oh, no, Mr. Burton, not Miss Helen. Why, she can't stand the sight of him. Well, why does she keep him on? Now, that's just what's so funny. I think that he's got some kind of hold over her. Okay, so the plot thickens even more, and we got all of that from that sewing circle discussion in The Chemist after the lady who is the housekeeper for this particular manor ended up finding Helen passed out on the couch, looking like she's on a five-day drug binge of some type of opiate. Listen, I'm just saying, I'm not saying I have looked worse, but it's not been many times. (laughs) She's starting to look a shade of gray that even I'm not into. That's again a lie, but let's just move on from that. I like them dead, not drug overdosing. Uh, little column A, little column B. Yeah, but one is significantly less of a risk of disease just because it's dead. <laughs> the other one, if it's on drugs like that, looking like Helen does, well, probably got a whole bunch of diseases too. Check the needle marks. If there are no needle marks, you're fine. <laughs> and always wear 17 rubbers. Exactly. <laughs> but you're still probably fine. It's the needle marks you have to worry about. You see the needle marks, you stay away. <laughs> If you see needle marks, you say, no way. (laughs) Either way, anytime you're messing around with either a junkie that could be on the verge of being dead or an actual full-on dead thing. Say sex with a dead thing. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Ken. We appreciate that. Good job, buddy. All right, so they follow this with Grady on the lake aka Maester Amon, a lady's body is floating on the lake near him and then we see the phone ringing with Helen packing, refusing to answer it. It's Anne's man we see when they cut away trying to call from a red phone booth apparently trying to track her down because it's been quite enough days to where he said that he was going to come get her or something like that. Yeah, he said he was going to come get her and wouldn't hear a word of it. Yeah, and he's doing the polite thing by calling first just to make sure but he doesn't hear from her and he's very concerned as he walks out of that phone booth. Listen, as the British, you do not simply sweep a woman off her feet. You politely call her, inform her of your intent to sweep her off her feet, ask her if she's fully prepared, and then you pick her up and you gently and politely walk away. Yeah, I don't think our listeners in the UK are going to agree to any of that. Probably not. (laughs) But I'm an American, so I could do generalizations. America is a bunch of cunts. We really are. We really are. It's amazing. (laughs) 
They fade from this to Helen at the lake, brooding over various areas of the lake, mainly possibly wherever that lady's body was, because she talks about how people have drowned there. Either way, Helen's brooding like a motherfucker and looking even more worse for wear. She's starting to get that clammy pale skin of someone who has had way too much of the bad stuff that's bringing her down. Yeah, man. <laughs> she's got that monkey on her back. Oh, big time. She's chasing that fucking dragon hard. It almost looks like her veins are more drugs than uh, blood at this point. <laughs> she's about a half Elaine Staley of fucked yeah. up on heroin. Is Jesus. that too soon or is that just about right? No, that's probably just about right. She's probably wearing uh, those fingerless gloves to hide her track marks in between her fingers. If I would, would you? Yeah. <laughs> she starts wondering about after brooding at various spots of the lake and then shifts up her position and broods some more. She ends up running smack dab into the maester and that is our next clip. Looking for something. Or maybe it's somebody you're looking for. No. I was wondering if there wasn't something in there in the lake. I don't know. I do, miss. I know who you're looking for. Do you hear that sound just now? Cry. A whimper. Sound? Oh, yes, I heard it all right. Calling? Following? Yes. Cora, wasn't it? I don't know. Oh, there's something else happened then. You can tell me. Maybe it wasn't Cora. Maybe it was the other one. Um, I haven't seen her lately. I don't know. Then again, maybe it was both of them. Both calling you. Both looking for you. Okay, so Maester Amon, a.k.a. Brady here, he's getting awfully fucking creepy and a smidge rapey with this. Well, and also very accusatory. Yeah, well, I mean, when he says some body, he puts emphasis on the word body. Yeah. Because he found the body in the lake and he kind of knows something's up and now he has proof. But the way that he's lording this sort of hints at information over her mm -hmm. feels very insinuating that he's going to use this as leverage to get special favor from her in this scene. Like, the way that he's talking to her is really fucking creepy. Oh, yeah. And pretty goddamn rapey, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's... It made me uncomfortable. Like, I was like, dude, what the fuck, movie? <laughs> After this, Helen broods alone in the house, sitting there soaking wet, then rubs at her legs suggestively in a way that made me feel kind of weird, and then lights a fire to try and warm up. We hear the footsteps upstairs and the voices once again as Helen jumps into bed and Anne's corpse is... Still there, looking even grayer and somewhat more attractive now. Yeah, now I knew it. <laughs> they cut from this to the doorbell as Anne's man is looking for her. Helen will not answer and just kind of sulks about hiding away from him. So he walks around the manor and through the various parts of the estate, finds the back of the house, and then ends up walking into the back where the door is left unlocked. He opens the door and just walks in. He proceeds down the hallway, which is mysteriously dark in the middle of the day. Dude, bad idea. Yeah. He's also looking awfully dry as he's walking around for being stuck out in the rain. Did you notice that? He's yeah, outside. There was a bit mess up on the cut there. Yeah, he, yeah. he's outside. He's a little soaked. He's inside. Yeah, he's, he's rather he's, dry. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, those drafty homes, you know, just <laughs> air dried them real quick. <laughs> it's like the Dyson Airblade of houses, those yes. drafts. <laughs> 
He wanders around the house and up the stairs, finding a discarded sweater laying there, which I do believe belonged to Anne. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but he knows something's up. He walks to the landing at the very top of the stairs on the hallway where I'm assuming the girls were staying in those rooms, calling out for Anne the entire time. Anne tries a door. It does not work. He can't get it to open, so he continues down the hallway and is ambushed by Helen, who stabs him in the fucking throat not once but twice then slashes him in the fucking throat not once not twice but so many times i couldn't count it and gave up because my jaw was on the floor he's dead his throat is open like wide open he's very open she sits there watching him die she then crawls over to him grabs his glasses and then just darts off like a little girl again She's, um, not there. Helen's gone bye-bye, Egon. So if you couldn't figure it out before, it's pretty obvious that Helen has definitely killed Anne at least. Yes. And we're not sure if whether or not at this point the Cora lady is real or if she's spectral, if there's a ghost haunting going on, if maybe Cora's possessing her. This movie had so much on the spoopy. Yeah. Like it was so fucking spoopy. Yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of spoopy. And I, at this point, wanted it to start going supernatural. I wanted something super supernatural about this and usually i don't want that i want it to feel all the spoopy and then turn out to be insanity Uh but in this movie the opposite happened to me where i wanted it to be spoopy and it turns out to be insanity (laughs) they cut from this to maester amon on the lake rowing once again he finds a body and drags it off into the woods with him wrapping it in a blanket very cautiously and draping it over his shoulder He walks it into the grounds, looking up at Helen, who looks back and takes a bath for some reason. Because sometimes you got to take a bath after a heavy net of murdering. They cut from this to the body on a table in the maester's quarters as he takes out his very creepy fucking razor and then a small, very ornate wooden box. He begins working on the body. He pulls back the blanket and starts moving the razor towards the body, but they cut away before you see him doing any cut. So we're not even fucking sure what he's doing, but something's going in that box having to come from this body. Yeah. Which is creepy. It's very creepy. They cut away from that to Helen all dolled up in makeup and smiling as she looks contented with Anne's corpse right there with her in the room, looking even more gray and so much more alluring. (laughs) They cut from this to a very stormy night as a maester Amon walks up to the manor with the fancy wood box in hand. He walks over to Helen. They begin a conversation and that is our penultimate clip. Nice dress. You must have been expecting a visitor. Yes, you. If you hadn't come, I would have fetched you. What about giving me a drink then? It's alright. It's not poisoned. I'm having the same. Cheers. Cheers. Expect you're wondering what I come here for. I brought you a little present. Recognize this? No, I don't. What is it? Go on, you can guess. I'm afraid I can't guess. It looks like hair. It is human hair. I found it in the lake. You know bloody well whose it was. I found the rest of her as well. I'm sorry, but I don't know what you're talking about. You're a cool one, all right. But you'd have to be, wouldn't you? Listen, if there's something I ought to know, you better tell me. You know about it already. But I don't. Do tell me. All right, then. I found her body in the lake. Oh, several people have been drowned there. Another drink? Before you go. I will. You better get yourself another while you're about it. You're gonna need it. Now look. It's about time you and I got to understand each other, so listen to me. Drink. All right, that can wait. Now listen. I knew I'd find her body sooner or later. 
That lake is like the sea. It always gives up its dead. I watched you, you know, that day you pushed her in the water. Pushed who in? What are you talking about? Your friend, Cora. Are you suggesting that I murdered Cora by pushing her into the lake? That's absurd. You must be mad. Well, you stuck a knife in her first. I wasn't all that close, but I recognized her body. Anyway, what about the other one? Anne, where's she? In the lake, too. You're not absolutely certain, are you? No one will be able to prove that the body is Cora. Pretty daring of you to come, don't you think? Cora's dead. The corpse I fished out of the lake is her. No, it's not Cora. You've got a damn good line of talk. But you won't fool the law that easy, will you? So we've got to come to an understanding. We'd better arrange this between us. You've got no other choice. What is it you want? Money? What else is there for me in this house? Oh, yes, I want money. Lots of it. I've been watching you for months and waiting. And now it's time. He really sounds kind of perversely into money. Yeah. Like his kink is getting paid. Well, also, <laughs> you know, you spend so much time, you know, being the groundskeeper of a, you know, really rich house and all that shit. Who like, is very stuck up and treats you like shit. Yeah. And you're going to try and take a chunk of that from them. Yeah. But he, uh, he made one cardinal rule. You should probably never turn your back to a murderer. I don't think he really had his back even turned. He just should have realized that she was completely fucking nuts and was going to kill him. Okay, regardless. Number one, he did have his back turned. And then number two, even if he didn't, then he underestimated a fucking murderer. If you're going to blackmail a murderer, you need to be armed. Armed and away from striking distance, and you need to have your weapon upon hand. Yes. Preferably a projectile of some sort. A like revolver. A gun. Yeah. yeah, gun. Yeah, something. Yeah. Crossbow. It's anything. Yeah. <laughs> He did all sorts of fucked up stuff because he underestimated yeah. her because she was female. Yeah, exactly. Pure and simple. All right, so with this, Helen strikes. She slashes and stabs the living fuck out of the maester until he is dead. That was brutal. Yeah, that was a hardcore shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They cut from this to Helen stops the grandfather clock. Apparently, her cycle is complete now with however many days she needed to be doing whatever it is that she's doing here and walks out into the rain to go to the maester's quarters and fondle the corpse of Cora. That's uncomfortable. Yeah. In the best of days, that's uncomfortable. Or hot. There was no scissoring, so... www.corpsescissoring.com Ooh. That's a website Matt does not want to see. No, but it's one court wants to see. Because <laughs> whether it's someone scissoring sexually yeah. or scissoring with shears, yeah. Either way, it's, that. A, it's a winner for court. <laughs> Cut from this to Helen writing in the diary once again. So all of these dark innermost thoughts that she was talking about, how she's seeing them in the dream again and all of that kind of stuff. She's convinced that the vision of Brady and Cora was somewhat of a dream or a nightmare or something that she can't get out of her head no matter what she does she's got corpses all over the grounds whether it's brady the maester downstairs dead where they're lying too i mean <laughs> yeah except for uh cora who was it, put cora, in the lake yeah it was put in the lake and uh and who she put in a chair and then into bed yeah the, the other two she just left lying where they right where they were yep she let the bodies hit the floor and she then let left the, them there she let the bodies hit the floor she is quite insane at this point and looking at every bit is insane the yes. whole way through this she looks nuttier than a pecan house. The film does kind of show you various corpses about the house with lightning flashes and some really interesting editing. And then one more time, we see Cora's ghost-looking creature that is supposed to be haunting her in a lightning flash, but then is gone. She runs around the house screaming, Paul 
Cora for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> it sounded like she was going to scream Cora, but then she starts screaming Paula. Would it, would it be scary if what they're trying to tell you is this? There, there have been a ton of other girls who've all tried to leave and she's killed them all. We're going to get to that in our final thoughts. All right. Just hold on to that. Yeah, We're yeah, almost yeah, there. Yeah. They cut from this to our final clip. I can hear the bell ringing, but I can't see anyone coming. Maybe she's asleep. Oh, this bell can be heard in all parts of the house. It's just not normal for Miss Helen to be asleep this time of day, not hear the bell. thought I saw somebody moving over by the staircase. Not certain, though. It's difficult to see clearly. Better use your set of keys, don't you think? Go and have a look around the back of the stables. Perhaps Brady's there. <laughs> now try and pull yourself together, Helen. Come along. Yes, but Miss Helen. Telephone to the police at once. But Miss Helen. Now just keep calm. Where is Miss Helen? Now. We'll have to find yes. Miss Helen. Calm yourself. Go sit down. Leave it all to me. Yes, but Miss Helen. Just sit down. We've got to find Miss Helen. <sighs> Thank you. I couldn't find anyone in the stables. Came in through the kitchen door. Somebody must have left it open. We've found Brady's body in the living room. He's been murdered. Come with me, Nick. Stay where you are, Helen. The police will be here soon. Miss Ramsey, it's us. Your friends, we're here to help you. Miss Helen, Miss Helen, look at me, listen to me. It's Hannah, it's Hannah talking to you. you you're not being well. Okay, so the voices that we were hearing kind of trailing off must have been other people trying to talk to her or various other things, or she's having flashes of memory in her catatonic state. Yeah. As they're trying to talk to her here, we see that Helen is completely gone and catatonic, staring out at the spot where she had seen her friend Cora making out with Maester Amon right there at the spot that leads to the lake where her body was found. So those two different things we saw at the very beginning must have actually been her dream that started all of this off at the beginning of the film she's there catatonic and weeping out of both sides of her eyes then they pop the end card because there are no ending credits Okay, now, I don't think that Helen specifically killed more than Cora and Anne. All right. Remember, she has spoken about how lots of people have drowned in the lake. Yeah. I think whoever Paula was might have been her first crush. I think that Paula drowned, and because Helen isn't really, like, all about being on the lake or boats or anything like that, she may not have even known how to swim at the time. So her brooding at the lake was over this Paula person who may have drowned as a kid. I don't recall them mentioning it in the film, but they kind of hint at someone who had drowned that had a very profound effect on Helen. Yeah. And that abandonment and that loss of this, probably her first love, has set her to the path that she was on. She found Cora. Cora filled that need, and they... I actually believe that her and Cora actually were together, but I think that Cora swung both ways. Yeah. And may or may not have been open sexually enough to where the maester, Amon, you know, Brady, the old dude, may have fit the bill for her because I don't want to say nymphomaniac but maybe just really enjoyed sex was a very open and free person which you could see where that would attract someone like Helen who's super repressed and super in denial about her own feelings and trying to pretend like they aren't there while being completely consumed by them it goes all the way back to this trauma like maybe her friend was swimming with her and she drowned because he was trying to get away from her because
because maybe Helen made a move on her in the lake while they're together. Who knows? Whatever caused it. All strictly conjecture. Yeah. And then the final step, the final nail in the coffin is Cora's been missing for a while. Helen shows up with Anne, this new girl, and that sets off this whole entire chain of events. She's feeling the exact same way about Anne, but she's also stuck in all these patterns from before. And had all of this stuff not intervened, I do believe that Helen was on her way to being a serial killer and would have brought another girl and another girl and another girl. Uh, And here, and here, and I'm going to inject because I think you're right at the end. Here's how I see it. Uh, I'll I'll go with you. Uh Paula dies on accident. Whoever this Paula is. Yeah. And it is, it's all conjecture because yeah, I don't know. It's all but, conjecture. Yeah. And but we never hear the name mentioned before no. that. So this Paula dies by drowning in the lake. What have you. I believe Cora was going to die no matter what. I believe this caused her to go crazy. And every, at the same time, every year, you know, with the grandfather clock. Yeah. At the same time. time yeah. It's the same time every year uh-huh. she brings another girl with her up to that house to die. I actually, I can see your perspective there. So because Paula had died at this time of year someone needs to and die and I don't at that think they time. were kids I think Paula had died two, a year before that and it was the first thing that happened and it said because she loved her so much maybe it was the first girl who loved her back and back then that wasn't the easiest thing to find in the world and then so you know it wasn't as accepting and so then Cora and maybe even Cora wasn't so and then I could even go forward to say Cora wasn't planned murder but when she saw Cora making out with the other guy, she's that made her snap. Yeah, I had the feeling that Cora and Helen had been together for a while. They had been friends. And that she's been to the house several times. I think during this cycle, as long as no one else strays from Helen's affections or gives anyone else attention during this period up until the point where she stops this grandfather clock, I think the couple of times that Cora had been there, because you get the feeling that everybody in the town even knew Cora. That's why I think she yeah. might have been a couple times. Like if that cycle can complete whatever this need or this longing is that's there. As long as someone is there to fill in that need that Helen has, she doesn't have to kill. But and what happened is one year Cora started banging Brady. Yeah. And because of that, that sets her off. So that's that's my thought. I don't think yeah. it's I think there's more time she spends with Cora because too many people yeah. so maybe know of Cora. Maybe it well, and maybe it goes like this. Okay, Paula is the girl she loves. All right, but dies. All right, she she becomes depressed, but then meets Cora. You know, find oh, I think I can love again. That that whole thing. And then one day she's walking out after she's been with Cora for a while, and then one day she's walking through the house and sees Cora making out with uh her or uh, the Brady. Per- Brady. Yeah, and it snaps her into during this, the cycle of the time that she's depressed. Yes, already or- lost uh Paula. Yeah, and so she that sends her completely. Kills. Yeah. Now, I don't know if Anne was a setup murder like she thought she was going to murder Anne because remember, they seem to already be friends as well. Yeah. So, She's just never gone to the country before. Yeah, with so her. I yeah. think she went to the country and I think Helen started getting the headaches. All this stuff, all that is, is this life of pain that's triggering her. The crushing yeah. weight of her emotions she has left undealt with that she's buried in and her so catatonia and stuff. Yeah. That's why eventually she just had to kill Cor. She felt Coral was going to leave her because none of it really turned on Cora until or onto Anne until she saw Anne might be leaving her too with it for another man yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah Anne signed her death warrant that's, there that's also why I think is if, if someone if the whoever it is that the object of her sexual desire mm-hmm. stays with her in this house for this extended period of time whether or not it's you know actually consummated in some way that they, they end up doing something sexually I think as long as someone is there for this cycle of time when she lost this person to Paula is my conjecture here that as long as that completely Completes, then she can go about her business and be fine. And it wasn't until this storm of perfect shit that happens yeah. where the body comes up and Anne's there 
and all this other stuff that it finally is revealed that Helen has some very deep emotional trauma and various other mental illnesses that have driven her to this point where she kills a whole buttload of people in this like culminating frenzy of people just come to the house and she's slaughtering them Leatherface style. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it could be that too. Uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff, but I think we're on the right track of the beginning of it was this Paula and then it yeah it slowly goes from there you know what's beautiful about the film though what it leaves you breadcrumbs but it doesn't fucking come out and tell you all it of it it never feeds you it just gives you enough to realize what's going on with her and then lets you kind of conjecture and guess that's yeah. why I watched it twice in one night yeah I really love this film nice yeah I mean it's it was, so beautifully shot it's so well done it was a good psychological thriller yeah uh, I can't wait to do some more LaRaz films on this fucking podcast yeah. dude yeah, like, that he's was a really, really well good done. director yeah yeah by the way, he did some lesbian vampire movies too. Oh, right. <laughs> Scissoring with fangs. Oh, I just pictured that in the other set of lips. Oh. The, oh. the vampire fangs. Yeah, uh-oh. By the way, I'm still aroused by yeah, it. Yeah, I know. All right, so we're going to play a promo for another podcast that would no way like to be associated with vampire fangs and vaginas. That sounds like an indie rock band name. really does, yeah. <laughs> we're going to play a little more music that is befitting of symptoms. And when we come back, we will have some PSYOP news. Are you sick of the same? old stale podcast well then join vanessa and darren as they dissect movies of all kind the two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites curiosities and first-time watches to the operating table and inject them with a healthy dose of snark then there's the waiting room where they examine books and short stories so just look for them on apple podcasts and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at VD Clinic Pod. Join them on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash VD Clinic Pod. Or email them at vdclinicpod at gmail.com. They're ready to cure what ails you. <laughs> and still, they just might be a little contagious. saying earlier that I wasn't going too far on the nose. Yeah, now you are. <laughs> Come on, that shit's hilarious. That's great. Nothing better than a punk rock cover of She Drives Me Crazy. You know what drives me crazy, Matt? What's that? When you fucking sing. <laughs> you know what'll keep me from killing you? What's that? Give me some PSYOP news. The 
aggressive goats with a taste for human urine are airlifted out of park. Okay, read that to me again because I didn't, that that, that was too much awesome to process. Okay. Aggressive goats uh-huh. with taste for human urine are airlifted out of park. In other horse sex news. I don't have one for goats. So kinda, but it's kinda, it's same, it's equestrian. Piss anyway, drinking goats. Yeah, so this is from the Telegraph. OMG, a jizz drinking game. Oh, well. What do you do when hundreds... What do you do when hundreds of mountain goats have become so addicted to the salt found in human urine and sweat that they are deadly menace to national park visitors charging at hikers and trampling vegetation? Well, if you run the Olympic National Park in Washington State, about 100 (laughs) miles west of Seattle, the answer is to airlift 375 of the bad-tempered animals slung... It's micro-penis time. Slung, blindfolded, beneath helicopters to more remote areas where they'll be less of an I have some uh, actual audio of some of the people being scared by this. Oh, yeah. I spilled pee all over the place, but I cleaned it up. I don't know what they got a problem with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, those goats wanted that pee. That's so fucking crazy. Like, they're addicted to the salts that are in human urine. And sweat. And sweat to the point that they're, like, fucking hoarding it and going after people that are sweating. heroin to them. They're, like, licking people aggressively. Oh, jeez. Somebody trained them to be into this. They were all put down. This kind of sucks. Authorities say they are expected to have to shoot another 300 or so that cannot be caught. Oh, god damn it. That sucks. Man. The operation began this week. Crews equipped with tranquilizer darts and nets capture goats from ridges and rocks within the park before being airlifted to a staging area. From there, they were being driven to another part of the North Cascades, a mountain range stretching to Canada. So we're going to try to make these urine-addicted goats Canada's problem. Always looking for Wang. Exactly. And there's and- a lot of Wang around. And they release them back into the wild. Oh, tears are good lube. Man, I'm just bummed out that they're going to kill some of them. I know. Jesse Plumage, U.S. Forest Secret, uh, U.S. Forest Service wildlife biologist, said mountain goat relocation will allow these animals to reoccupy historical historical range areas in the Cascades and increase population viability. Goats are often blamed for environmental damage, chomping and trampling their way through sensitive vegetation. In this case, they were introduced to the area almost a century ago before the park was established and before unwary walkers took to strolling the hills. Mm. Tears are good lube. The result has been a strange of complaints about menacing goats, and in 2010, a 63-year-old walker bled to death after being gored by 370-pound male mountain goat. Yeah, he wanted that fucking urine. Yeah, he needed that. I bet bet that old bastard went to go take a piss, and then it was all over. Jesus Christ, man. That's... They're getting that aggressive for it. It had followed within five or six feet of Bob Borman for as much as a mile, according to Ranger. Wow, they're fucking stalking people just looking for some of that salt. Yes, this animal was apparently known as troublesome. <laughs> I would say, dude, this is yeah. a this is a fucking like when animals attack movie. Yeah. They just, waiting to they, happen. Instead of our brains or blood, they just want our pee. And our salt. Yes, from they our want sweat. our salt. <laughs> In the aftermath, park officials urge walkers not to urinate along trails to avoid turning paths into long, linear salt licks. This horse sex goats. is a thing. Exactly. <laughs> That's fucked up, man. They, they have a taste for salt and minerals in human urine and sweat on clothes and backpacks, according to officials. The goal of the relocation is to transport 100 coats by September 24th and the rest by some point next year. Mostly because I have put my penis inside of you bareback. That's true. <laughs> 
they tried to actually fake them out with a uh, fake pee yes. uh, coming out of fake, you know, various yeah. body parts to uh, try and lure the, the goats away. Yeah. But uh, the mayor actually told them, your silicone penis budget is out of control. <laughs> so they had to drop it off. Yeah, well, that's true. That's important. <laughs> and then they tried to they tried to get them to run away by yeah. shooting a fucking hot load all over this dog. Yeah. <laughs> but it didn't work. But it gored him instead. Yeah. Shoot some fucking ropes. And it, it didn't work. It didn't work. And they... They basically said that uh, they're not going to save this up for 60 bucks, and then there was arguments that... My dick and balls are worth a lot more than $60. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's the erection that counts. Which is why you need to save it. It's true. Yeah, you got to save that. (laughs) You got another story for us real quick? Let's see here. That was kind of depressing because we know some of the goats are going to die. But like, what are you going to do? But they're fucking they're gonna nuts save, with us. And they're going to save the population by doing this, though. Yeah. They're going to actually have a population explosion of goats because they're going to be in a better area for them. Yeah. But they're moving them away from people. So whoever goes hiking in the wilds of Canada, beware. You're about to have an animal attack movie where goats want your pee. We're making uh, the, we're making the uh, urine-addicted goats Canada's problem. <laughs> they're going to build a wall. They're going to want to build a wall. Because America's not sending them their best goats. Nope, nope. We're sending them the worst goats. Or they're sending them the kind that gore humans and drink their pee and they're also lick off their salty sweat. And some, I feel, are very fine goats. <laughs> In news of things that I would try to come up with, and of course, I'm going to give you... Don't w- threaten to cut off my cock for $60. Okay, I'm going to give you one guess as to where this came out of. Okay. Woman claims wind blew cocaine into her purse. Florida? Oh my God, you're right. Fort my Pierce. next guess was going to be West Virginia, but if it was meth, I would have guessed West uh, Virginia. Yeah, no, yeah. that would still would be Flor- yeah. Florida. Yeah, it's always Florida. Authorities say a Florida woman is blaming a windy day for the cocaine that police found in her purse. It's going to yeah. cost you some serious cock. Which, w- she got arrested? Yes, WPLG reported uh, Kanika Posse was one of two passengers in a car stopped by Fort Pierce Police in late March. Police say an officer smelled marijuana and that after searching the car, cocaine and marijuana in separate bags were found inside a purse Posey had on her lap. You can't pay your bail? Well, I could probably fix that for a blowy. Uh, probably. Authorities say they questioned <laughs> Posey about the drugs. According to the police report, Posey responded, it's a windy day. It must have thrown through the window and into my purse. And the cops bought it because... Old cops are bumbling dummies. Oh my god, they're getting to that point if you uh, read about Texas. Not, not even just bumbling dummies. They're becoming sinister bumbling dummies. They've always been that way. You've just now noticed. Posey is charged with a felony count of cocaine possession and a misdemeanor count of marijuana possession. She was later released on bond and isn't immediately known if she has a lawyer. Gotta love a girl who can take a punch. But if you're looking for a lawyer, lady... You can't pay your bail? Well, I could probably fix that for a blowy. So remember, everybody, if this happens, no matter how fucked up a cop is, they can kill you even in your own home when you've done nothing wrong. I've been trying to tell you that's how horrible it actually is in our fucking police state of a world these days. Boy, yeah, fuck this country, man. Old cops are bumbling dummies. America is a bunch of cunts. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a cunt. Well, I that's true, too. I am okay. You ready for some combinations I was playing around with earlier today? I'm ready. I'm a cunt coming to me. <laughs> I'm homosexual. I'm taking another dick coming to me. That's nice. <laughs> That's real nice. I'm a homosexual. I've had seven dicks inside of me. Everyone will be coming on my face. All oh, seven my, of them? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, can't leave one of them out. Then they feel bad. And it's reciprocated. And Satan's cock. Your yep. cum will probably taste better. 
Thank you, Christopher. <laughs> and Lee. And Lee. <laughs> yeah. Can we just pull the chain on this so we I can, can go watch better, the, this, yeah. better Call Saul now? Uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to go home at some point. <laughs> Before 10 o'clock Before at 10 night. o'clock at night. <laughs> We're so old. You got to be home by 10. I, well, uh, Jesus Christ, man. It was getting dark while driving here. And I'm like, oh, God, I should be in bed. <laughs> I'm going to eat dinner at five o'clock. Uh, yeah. Like there's a problem with eating dinner at a sensible hour. <laughs> well, speaking of people who like to eat dinner at a sensible hour, I'm going to play a promo for another podcast that has at least two out of three guys that I know for sure like to eat dinner at a sensible hour. <laughs> and when we come back, we'll have some more music fitting of symptoms and we will close out this weirdo fucking show. There is no spoon. Yes, there it is. Okay, okay. Can we just talk about the damn movie? Danger, danger. High voltage. When we touch. When we kiss. The flying guillotine is an awesome weapon. It's not practical. It's not even aerodynamic. But it's awesome. Chaps, could we possibly just talk about the movie? Easy Rider is cool. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy Rider's cool. If you consider they're doing thousands of miles in the desert and they have fuel tanks the size of a pea. You'll get three miles out of that. Oh, not to mention one of them. One of the tanks is full of money. I call bullshit. Okay, okay. Can we just talk about the damn movie? Obsessive Cinema Discourse. Where podcast worlds collide. Joan Jett doing a little cover of Crimson and Clover there. And if you listen to the lyrics very carefully at the very beginning of the song, that fits a whole lot of the obsessive nature of loving someone on first sight and loving the idea of them and maybe not the real person. Yes. So I think that fits pretty well for symptoms. I would think so. Yeah. Especially when you got a lady singing about another lady obsessively like that. Oh, right. And Matt's just disappointed because he got no scissoring yet, even still in the film. Uh, Still no scissoring. (laughs) www.scissoringthusiast.com. I don't think that's a real website, so I think I could maybe own that. <laughs> you probably should. All right, folks, if you would like to help make that happen, you can support the show while you support the show. <laughs> Teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash cinema dash psyops. I would just like to state that none of your money will go to that website for Matt. He's so, all on his own for that. Yes. You can also find us on our main Legion podcast landing slash launching page, legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. We are proud members of the Legion podcast network. We have not abandoned it unlike other podcasts out there. Damn. Just saying. Ooh. 
around to Stephen. Just throwing it out there, huh? They they know they know who they are, and they know I still love them. Throwing down the gauntlet. <laughs> There's no gauntlet being thrown. I'm just fucking around. You can find us on Facebook, and you can join our group for Cinema PsyOps, where we have alternative photography, lots of fun memes being posted, crazy conversations. You can post the news you'd like us to cover for PsyOp News. Make sure you tag Matt and or place the hashtag PsyOp News on there so it's easier for him to find it. That is Facebook Cinema PsyOps. You got to answer the questions in order to get in. If you don't answer them correctly, you ain't getting in. They're very easy if you've listened to the show for more than, like, I don't know, two to three months. Yeah, right. I mean, come on. It ain't that hard. Yeah. All you got to do is guess who runs Barter Town, then say which network we're on. It's Court. <laughs> That's Legion. Podcast <laughs> Network. And then I ask if I should fire you, I think, is the third question. It's usually just say yes. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook, Court Psyops. You can find Matt on Facebook. He is Matt Psyop. You know, the drill with the board with the fucking words brutal on it. And it's all yellow and jaundicey. The board with the face and the words. If you would like to email feedback to Matt and tell him that you would like to co-fund scissoringenthusiast.com with him. Good, good, B. Psyopmatt at gmail.com. If you would like to email feedback to Court and tell him you do not appreciate all of those references to necrophilia as if it's something that he's actually into, you're out of luck. But anyway, <laughs> cinemapsyopscourt at gmail.com. You know, seeing our fans, I don't think you have to worry about that. Yeah, some people like corpses. Some are repelled by the smell. You can find us on Twitter where you can twit a couple of tweets to a couple of twats of your scissor enthusiast poster pictures. <laughs> Whatever weird shit you got going on there. I am at court underscore psyop and he is at psyop Matt. I would like to thank every single one of you for downloading and listening to this episode. Kick the fuck out of this week, folks, and make it your bitch. What could I do? Well, no one told me about She's not there.